The Buffalo Bills got back in the win column on Thursday night, taking care of business over the Buccaneers, but it certainly got a little closer than we wanted to there at the end. I'm breaking down my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Victory Friday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24-18 to and improved to five and three on the season. That got way closer than it needed to be late in the game, a game that I felt like the Buffalo Bills were in complete control over right up until the end. But ultimately, there were a lot of things that I hoped to see that sparked some positivity for this team and my belief that I can see them getting back on track this season. So let's start with Josh Allen. Really, really satisfied with how Josh Allen played this game, especially comparing it to last week against the New England Patriots. So many things that were wrong against New England, he corrected against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Statistically, a very strong game, 31 of 40, 324 passing yards, two touchdowns, of course, had the interception, an unfortunate interception a play call that I don't really support Um, coming out of the medical tent there, asking him to roll out, not a great situation. Ball gets tipped in the air, and, of course, the defensive lineman picks it off. He deserved a better fate there. But two touchdowns, one interception, seven rushes, 41 yards, and a rushing touchdown. So a three-touchdown game for Josh Allen, 324 yards passing. A lot of total yards there as well, over 350 total yards. So things that I really liked from Josh, first of all, I'll start with the quick trigger. I thought he did a very good job of knowing where to go with the football, getting it out of his hands, making good pre-snap reads and turning that into sharp post-snap decisions, something he didn't do at all against the Patriots. I've seen some numbers floating around that this was the fastest trigger of Josh Allen's career in terms of average time to throw, which is huge coming off of back-to-back games against the Giants and Patriots, where he was over 3.1 seconds average time to throw in both. I've seen that number coming in around 2.2, 2.4, something like that. We'll see what it is tomorrow. But that's a great adjustment, not just because you want the number to be lower, but the reason why the number was lower. He's processing, seeing, understanding what the defense is doing, and where his eyes are supposed to be and where he's supposed to go with the football. 
It was a nice job. I thought he did a good job of mixing in the run. You saw in the second play of the game, it was a designed quarterback run, but then also just kind of picking his spots intelligently throughout the game, seeing the defense, seeing that it's man coverage and the linebackers are carrying routes and there's nobody in the middle of the field and he takes off. He did that, I think, at least three times. Knowing protections, right? Knowing where pressure was coming, the Buccaneers blitzed. They did. But the Bills did a really good job of IDing it, setting protections, and then knowing where to go with the football, knowing where the quick answers were. Big-time adjustment week over week, and I thought he did a great job of getting multiple playmakers established in this game. Probably, Probably as good of a job as I've ever seen from Josh Allen spreading the ball around meaningfully. And I don't mean that he got like 10 different guys involved, but he got four different receivers involved in a meaningful capacity, which we're going to talk about here next. But I I wanted to start this conversation with Josh Allen and give him his flowers for massive adjustments week over week, playing good, smart football, and also doing Josh Allen things in the game. It was a good performance from Josh Allen. Looking forward to studying the tape and understanding even more of what made him successful. But one thing that we do know made him successful was the weapons, right? And his ability to get four different guys really established in the passing game. And I'll start with Khalil Shakir. Six catches for 92 yards on six targets. The week after he caught four passes on four targets, right? There's been this cluster of wide receivers after Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, right? It's been Trent Shurfield slash Deontay Hardy slash Khalil Shakir, right? And you're kind of waiting for one of these guys to really step up in a meaningful way, and it's happening right before our eyes in the form of Khalil Shakir. And I think this really started a few weeks ago where his blocking execution really, really started to take off. And then over the last two weeks, you've seen him get more opportunity in the passing game, 10 catches over the last two games on 10 targets. And even some critical situations, some third downs, some tight throws, some throws down the field, Khalil Shakir is absolutely coming through. So it's nice to see that happening. How about Gabe Davis in this game? Nine catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. And I didn't expect this at all. And not just because I'm not a huge Gabe Davis fan and not just because he's been quiet for the last couple of weeks, but I said yesterday on the podcast that I felt like this was a bad matchup for Gabe Davis in terms of big, long, physical, athletic corners going up against Gabe, and I didn't see the path for him getting a ton of separation. And one thing that I thought the Bills did a very good job of to allow Gabe Davis to be as productive as he was was tendency breakers, right? I've watched watched every snap of Gabe Davis's career, So many times he's getting off coverage and everybody knows he's going down the field and, you know, he's not a tough cover, right? He's got build up speed. He's not super dynamic or twitchy. And so you could play off and just carry him down the field. Well, the Bills did a good job in this game. And dare I say, Ken Dorsey did a great job in this game of changing those tendencies at the right time against this opponent. Ken Dorsey took all the reasons that I thought it was a bad opponent for Gabe Davis and and made it work to his favorite favor because they knew he was going to get that off coverage and that they can get him going on some of the quicker routes, and they did. And so he caught quick passes and had a little bit of run-after-catch production as well. And I I thought it was good utilization of Gabe Davis and a bad matchup for him and, and really doing a good job of breaking tendencies and 
to everyone's credit here, whether it's Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, Gabe Davis, there was good production there. How about Dalton Kincaid? Five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Might probably he was close to getting another touchdown on the the little shovel pass there in the uh the earlier sequence, but Dalton Kincaid is just a very skilled catcher of the football. Very, very skilled. You see it every time you watch him play, whether it's the the toe tap, sideline catch, the body control, right? The route running over the middle of the field, the ability to catch and turn, separation, strong hands, uh, the RPO just going back and making a great adjustment to the football. He is just a very, very skilled football player. And we've seen now two weeks in a row him really ramp up and gain opportunity. And, you know, one of the things that I think we're all looking for is is that chemistry and trust between Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid. And, and if that hasn't upticked over the last two weeks and, and really going to propel this moving forward, I don't know what's going to make that happen. But I think this is exactly what we've been hoping to see from Dalton Kincaid, it took a little time for it to ramp up, but over the last two weeks, this has been really, I mean, dreamy to an extent in terms of what we're hoping to see out of this 17 to 86 connection. And so keep it up. This is this is what we're looking for. This is the impact he can make. He can unlock so much for this offense, and we're just getting a taste of that over the last couple of weeks, and you have to love where that is headed. And, of course, Stefan Diggs, nine catches for 70 yards, right? And not the most dynamic Stefan Diggs game couple of opportunities you wish that him and Josh could have connected on, but I, I thought they were effective. You know, certainly the big uh, first third down conversion on that last drive, right? Replacing the blitz with the ball and outbreaking pattern. It was really good. So to see Shakir six for 92 Davis, nine for 87 and a touchdown Kincaid five for 65 and a touchdown Stefan Diggs nine for 70 to get four guys established like that was huge for this offense, not to mention getting into some tempo, getting Josh running a little bit and, and a lot of other good things, including the offensive line mixing in the run. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Stick with me, but I got to tell you about FanDuel folks snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's simply no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I've been doing a great job on the uh, the player props over at FanDuel. I actually hit on the over once again on Dalton Kincaid receiving yards. So you got to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season. It's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, plenty more to say here on the offense. I want to get into the offensive line. I thought this was an outstanding performance by the Bills. Offensive line only allowed pressure on 13% of passing uh, attempts, allowed two sacks. Neither one of them were uh, sacks where you really feel like Tampa earned it. The first one was Josh coming out to his right. Yaya Diaby, who's a, a phenomenal athlete, was able to get an angle on Josh and tackle him. Uh, for a two-yard loss. I mean, kind of an extended play, phony sack in my opinion. And the other was on the play, the second and one going into the fourth quarter, right? It's just like just a few seconds left in the half or the quarter. The Bills are trying to get you know, Tampa to go off sides. It feels like they did. Mitch Moore snaps it. It's a broken play. Josh gets sacked. But they, I mean, 40 dropbacks, those are the two sacks they gave up, over 40 dropbacks, and only three quarterback hits, 13% pressure rate. 
that's a great job by the Bills offensive line. That's a great job by Josh Allen helping the offensive line by getting the ball out effectively. One thing I said over the last couple of weeks, I said, look, Josh is making this real hard, right? He's putting a lot of stress on this offensive line. That was once again corrected. So great job by Josh. Great job by the offensive line in this football game. I also think while it wasn't a huge day running the football, it was effectively mixed in. James Cook, 14 carries, 67 yards, and and he looked good, right? He was springy, made good cuts, was decisive, physical, good game for James Cook. You saw seven rushes, 41 yards, and a touchdown from Josh Allen. And then Latavius Murray, not a big day for him, five for seven. Um, But collectively, I thought the rushing offense was effective. Minus one play, the third and goal from the one-yard line, shotgun uh, run, uh, just ridiculous, right? That it just doesn't work, and they got to they got to stop doing it. The the thought process is if you spread them out, you run out of shotgun, you potentially get less players in the box. Your math is better, less bodies to deal with, but it's not working. You can't do it, right? And then the f- next play is uh, fourth and little over one, and it's the it's a you know they try to get a touchdown throw to to Kincaid. I thought it was a great scheme by Tampa there, and I'm just lucky. I'm, I was fortunate, and the Bills are lucky that wasn't a 99 yard interception return for a touchdown, but. Yeah, I thought the run game was really effective minus that one opportunity. I uh, want to comment here on a couple of chances that Sean McDermott had to be aggressive in this game. And, I, you know, social media was pretty abuzz on this. And um, I, I, I understand why he wasn't aggressive. And I'm referring to the two punts uh, in the fourth quarter. So the Bills are up 24 to 10 with, a four, uh, with 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Fourth and four from the plus 42. Also 24 to 10. Uh, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, fourth and two from the plus 44. The Bills punted both times. Great punts by Sam Martin. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, but some people wanted Sean McDermott to go for it. Uh, I can at least understand why he didn't. Uh, the Bucks' offense was not doing anything, right? They were they didn't have anything going in the game. And I think more than being aggressive and in, in trying to get um, the yardage and convert, I, I think you're mostly concerned about not – giving them a spark, right? Not allowing them to get back into the football game. And I know it ultimately happened at the end, um, but that's the thought process. And I I can understand the process, right? And that's all I'm asking for, right? Like, does it make sense? And yes, that makes sense. Would you like to be aggressive? Hindsight's 2020, you go for it. You don't know what's going to happen, but you could say, well, they go for it. They get a three score lead. I, I get it. I understand all that, but I also understand why Sean McDermott made those decisions. Let's talk a little bit about this defense. I thought the defense, all things considered, played pretty strong, right? Talked yesterday on the podcast in the opening segment about how my concerns were bigger on defense because offensively, it's just about playing better, right? You got your players for the most part, play better, execute, make the plays that are there to be made. Defensively, you know, you're reeling defensively and you're also short on players, right? There's no Trey White, there's no Matt Milano, there's no Daquan Jones. You have different guys missing missing time for various reasons throughout the course of the season to this point. And, you know, a lot of these key players are not coming back. And so I I was more concerned with the defense. And I thought the defense in this game against, look, a mediocre at best Buccaneers offense played well. I mean, Tampa had 11 drives. And the result of those 11 drives, six punts. That's over half, folks. That's pretty doggone good. Six punts, a missed field goal. They made a field goal. The field goal they made was 57 yards. They get two touchdowns and, of course, the end of game. And two touchdowns, like one is on the short field, right, the interception. They get the ball at the 23. They wind up scoring. And then the second to last drive of the game, 
where they converted three different fourth downs to make that happen. Two of them through penalties. The Taron Johnson illegal contact thought that was a soft call. Jordan Phillips, awful, just an awful penalty by Jordan Phillips in that moment. You sack him, game is over, and you have him fully in your grasp, and you reach up and grab the face mask at the last second? Like, good call, but ridiculous decision by Jordan Phillips to do that. And then they convert a touchdown on the next fourth down on a play that Christian Benford's got pretty decent coverage. It hits off his helmet, and Mike Evans catches it for a touchdown after pretty much shutting the guy down all game long. So that's how they scored their points. You can live like you feel like that's good. I mean, at the end of the day, 18 points, the 11 drives we talked about, it's six punts. They're four of 15 on third down. That's great. Only 302 total yards. You get three sacks in this game. You probably should have had more. I mean, how many, how many sacks did Baker Mayfield get out of? I mean, pretty impressive stuff from him. Baker was only sacked eight times in the previous six games. You got him down three times and should have had him more. And so I thought, you know, there's times where you were looking for a little more out of the pass rush, but I thought for the most part, it was pretty effective. Some standouts on the defensive side of the football. I thought Jordan Poyer, once again, a standout. And look, on long and late downs, passing situations, end of half situations, Jordan Poyer's playing the Matt Milano role, and that's working so far. It's certainly a whole lot better than Tyrell Dotson or Dorian Williams being in that role. I think Jordan Poyer, the last two weeks, has played his best two games of the season. And so after some Big concerns about, all right, is he washed up? Can he still play kind of early on in the year? Last two weeks, I think Jordan Poyer's been pretty impactful. Eight tackles, two pass breakups in this game. Terrell Bernard, I thought, was strong. Eight tackles, two pass breakups. Christian Benford did a really nice job on Mike Evans for the most part in this game. Had a couple of pass breakups, a couple of physical tackles. You know, Christian Benford just week in and week out just is pretty reliable player, right? Um, satisfied with what he's giving this football team. You got sacks from Ed Oliver, uh, A.J. Epinesa with a timely sack there. Um, who was the other one? Taron Johnson with a sack as well. Um, so that was good to see. He had 10 quarterback hits. I thought the defense, all things considered, played pretty strong. Played pretty strong. A couple of moments against the run where a bad rushing offense was able to get some yards. You know, a couple of missed tackles here and there. The stuff, you know, wasn't perfect. I mean, I mean Leonard Floyd, how did he not get him down? on that sack that Baker Mayfield got out of somehow. Von Miller was close on a sack, right? You saw some good things on the defense. want to comment about this Kyrie Elam situation, right? So um, Kyrie Elam was a healthy scratch in this game. And Josh Norman, who's 35 years old and has been on the team for like three weeks, was active and good for him. He made two special teams tackles and kind of set the tone there early on. But this Kyrie Elam stuff is crazy, right? And, and look, I know he hasn't played well. I know he's been inactive this year, but he has not been inactive since Trey White went down with an injury. And for the sequence of events to be the Bills restructure Deion Dawkins, they free up $4 million in cap space. And then in the last game before the trade deadline on Tuesday, you deactivate Kyrie Elam. What, what do the tea leaves tell you? I mean, they're, they're probably shopping him. They're probably exploring trades, and they didn't want to expose him to an injury that would have taken away his trade value. And so it's crazy to think that 17 months after trading this man or trading up for this man and drafting him in the first round, the Bills are ready to potentially trade him away. Now it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it won't. But what are the tea leaves telling us? It's it's trending in that direction. And so 
Like, I don't think Kyrie Elam's a complete lost cause as a football player. He certainly has been disappointing. But, you know, for the Bills, a, a team that is probably at times overly loyal, you know, Sean McDermott, is, or excuse me, Brandon Bean has even said after the Wyatt Teller trade, he's had a little bit longer leash. He's been, you know, a little bit more apprehensive to move on from guys. For them to be at the point right now where every indicator is that they're going to move on from Kyrie Elam, it's, it's wow, right? Something's off, right? They, they must have really evaluated the situation and, and thought to themselves, you know what? I don't think it's going to happen here. We don't believe in him anymore. That's a quick pivot 17 months after drafting a guy in the first round, but that's the reality of the situation that we're in. All right, we got more to get into. I want to talk special teams, my predictions, penalties. What's next? A lot coming up here. Stick with me. But, folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is awesome. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and you place your entry. That is it. It doesn't take long. You can make a pick in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love all these sports right now, right? Everything is happening. NBA, NHL, baseball, college football, the NFL. And watching sports is even more exciting when you have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is simply unmatched, especially in my busy life, right? I'm always working, trying to produce content, want to play with my daughter, hang out with my wife. And um, sometimes it's tough to get to the grocery store or it's tough to, you know, plan dinners and stuff like that. DoorDash takes care of that for me. I love it. I love ordering food from my favorite local restaurants and even getting groceries from DoorDash, I have a spot here down the street called the Smoke Pit. They have amazing barbecue, amazing, like, just barbecue sides, right? Like mac and cheese and baked beans and cornbread and stuff. I just go to DoorDash on my app, and 20 minutes later, it's at my front door. I love it. I love the consistency. DoorDash brings me what I want, just like I picked it off the shelf for myself, right? If I'm going to the grocery store, they get me the good produce, right? They, they know what they're doing, and if there's ever a problem, they make it. Right. So stop worrying about what's for dinner. Stop worrying about what you're going to snack on. Stop worrying about when you're going to find time to get to the grocery store and let DoorDash handle that for you. Got a deal for you here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value. And you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value. On your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change, terms apply. All right, folks, let's get into a few more things here to close out our conversation today. And I want to get into the penalties. Penalties were a big part of this football game, and it was frustrating. I think there were some good calls. I think there were a lot of bad calls. Bills, nine penalties, 86 yards. Bucks, 11 penalties, 74 yards. 160 yards of penalties. NFL, what are we doing? In terms of skill players, the player with the most yards from scrimmage in this game was Khalil Shakir 
92 yards. Congratulations. The referees win. They got 160 yards. I'm tired of it. And some of like there's a there was probably a few good calls in this game. But the officiating in the NFL is just too much. Nobody is watching these games to watch officials dictate the action. And they just do. But had it with it. Really ruins the flow of games. And their penalties, like they're so soft. Some of these calls are so soft. Frustrates me. Again, there, there's good penalties. The Jordan Phillips penalty, that's a good flag. Taron Johnson flag, not good. The Taylor Rapp pass interference, not good. Cody Mock, holding call, that was a bad call. Get out of here with this ticky-tack stuff. NFL's got to get this tightened up. Nobody is enjoying the amount of penalties being called in NFL football games right now. Let's get into special teams. Really good stuff here, minus some special teams penalties that worked out well for the Bills. You had a blocked field goal. Shaq Lawson blocked the field goal. It's the first missed field goal by a opponent against the Bills all season long. So that was cool. Tyler Bass was perfect in this game after missing three of his last four field goals in the last two games. He goes one of one on field goals, hits all three extra points, including I think that first extra point was kind of a bad snap by Reed Ferguson. And Sam Martin comes through with a good hold, and Tyler Bass puts it through the pipes. Speaking of Sam Martin, how about a, how about that guy today? Four punts three inside the 10-yard line, and he probably should have had all four inside the 10-yard line. That last one, a great boot, and Saran Neal just didn't time his jump effectively to down the football or else he would have had four punts like all inside the 10. Incredible job by Sam Martin in this game. Deontay Hardy as well. I thought he was really good returning punts, four for 49, uh, averaged 12 yards per return. That included a 24-yarder. And it includes two or doesn't include two great returns that were negated. So it was nice to see a little bit of a spark there uh, from Deontay Hardy. But if you listen to the primer, you knew that the Bucks punt coverage has not been that good this year. So we always give you those nuggets. Don't miss them. Good day for the Bills special teams all in all, minus the frustrating penalties. All right, let's look at my predictions here. It's been a, been a big topic here. My, my predictions have been not good. I switched it up. And I did, uh, I did okay, I guess. Let's look at it. My first prediction was that Bucks linebacker Devin White would end his sackless streak. He's been 13 games without a sack. I predicted he would get a sack. I was wrong. His sack streak is now at 14. So, all right, there you go. I maybe maybe that was. I got to start predicting things that I don't want to happen because then they won't happen, right? I predict that the Bills would not get an interception. They haven't had an interception since the Miami game, and uh, I was correct. So four straight games now for the Bills' defense without an interception. They came close, right? Poyer had a couple shots at it, uh, but no interception. So I got that one correct. My third prediction was that Dalton Kincaid would be top two in the Bills for receiving yards, and he wasn't. 65 yards was fourth, was fourth, but good productive day from Dalton Kincaid. Regardless, I just didn't expect all those other guys, whether it was Shakir or Gabe, to have as much as they did. Speaking of Gabe, I predicted that he would be under 40 receiving yards for the fourth time uh, this season, and uh, that didn't happen. He had 87. He doubled the, the amount that I said he wouldn't get to, so I was wrong about that. I did predict the Bills would win the game, and that happened. In fact, on the crossover, I said the score was going to be 24-16. to 16. So if that miraculous two-point c- conversion didn't happen where I like bounced off somebody and into that tight end's hands, I would have had the exact score prediction. So I go two for five. 
I'm not sure if switching it up helped or not, but um, here we are once again with a lackluster. I want to get at least three, right? You get three, that's more than half, but two for five. Next up for the Bills, 10 days off. It feels like they need that, right? With Josh Allen and the sore shoulder, that seems helpful. And then they play Sunday night football in Cincinnati. The Bengals have the 49ers this week in San Francisco. So that'll be an interesting game. Hopefully a good physical football game that wears them down and the Bills can really take advantage of their extra rest. A couple of games to be mindful of on the slate uh, this Sunday, Jets versus Giants. Uh, Jets coming off of their bye. They're three and three. So, you know, look, then they have a head to head over the Bills. So go Giants, right? Go Brian Dayball. Let's go. Let's get it going here. And then Dolphins Patriots in Miami. Uh, Dolphins coming off of the loss to the Eagles. Patriots coming off of a win over the Bills. Um, we'll see how that goes. That's the second matchup between those two teams already this year. So a couple of games here to pay attention to uh, over the weekend as you can just watch football knowing that the Bills won and you don't have to uh, be nervous about watching the Bills. They already took care of business this week. Uh, next for this podcast, the All-22 Review. I can't wait to do it. Um, and I can't wait to share film clips and analysis with you in the Discord channel. We launched that. I talked about it um, yesterday on the podcast that all of our subtext subscribers are invited to join the Discord channel, and it has been awesome. We got it going Thursday afternoon. You know, oh, well over 100 people are already in it. We talked during the Bills game. Really cool stuff. People have really seemed to enjoy what we have set up there. So if you join the subtext, you get into the Discord. So if you want to join the subtext, there's a link in today's show notes. And when you join, you'll get a link to join the Discord channel. So don't miss any of that. Some really cool engagement opportunities that we have for you here as we're building more community with those that consume this podcast and love the Buffalo Bills. Have some cool stuff next week. So we have the All-22 review, and then early next week, uh, herd mentality, we got to get to it. The trade deadline is Tuesday at 4 o'clock, so we'll definitely be monitoring that. And my second quarter report card for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, We did that after the first quarter. The second quarter is here, so we're going to see the growth, right? We're going to take all those different areas that I measured the team, and we're going to see how it looks and. Uh, with now a, an additional quarter of the of the season behind us. So that'll be fun for us to kind of check in on all of that. All right, folks, don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy this Victory Friday, and I look forward to catching up with you again next for the All-22 Review.